You're listening to The Quad, a Killjoys podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm Annie. And I'm Chris. We're talking about the ninth episode of Killjoys, Enemy Klein. <laughs> While we will talk about anything and everything from the episode, there won't be any spoilers for future episodes. First, we're going to give our quick reviews, and then we'll talk about notable elements of the episode and stuff that made us happy. And we'll conclude by discussing the questions we have after watching this week's episode. So let's get started with our quick reviews. Um, I thought this was a great episode. It had a lot of tension, and I thought it was really cool to see Dutch finally put her plan forward into action to kill Klein. But I also love this show because not everything does go according to plan, and there were some twisty, turny surprises, and that whole conversation between Dutch and Johnny was just so beautiful and heartfelt and great fight scenes, and then... Dutch, that moment where Dutch sacrifices herself to have Johnny and Devin escape. I was just like, oh, so lots of lots of feels for me, as usual. Indeed, because what a great episode. I mean, I think episode seven was Davin, episode eight was Johnny, and this episode is Dutch, and it did not disappoint. I thought there were a lot of really good reveals that put the events of the season in a slightly different light without making it seem false which I think is important. And uh, I, I just, I thought it was a really good episode with especially the Dutch and Johnny relationship, very much the center of the show. So I always like that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Great Dutch and Johnny stuff. And this was a super intense episode. I, I thought it had pretty much everything. It was written by Emily Andrus, whom we have an affection for. She was a writer over on Lost Girl, and she's talked to us and told us things, which was nice. And she's very funny. <laughs> she's like, told us things. She's told us things. What Secret things has she revealed? <laughs> <laughs> the meaning of life and its unicorns. So, <laughs> And laughing for an hour solid. That's the thing. Like I'm watching this episode, and you had said beforehand, like I think Emily wrote this episode, and that by the second time, I just cackled solidly for about 20 seconds or so. I was like, "Yep, Emily Amdrish wrote in this episode because she's just so funny. She's got a great sense of humor, and I feel like she really infused that into this episode, even though it also tackled some really serious stuff because it had everything. It had really funny jokes. It had great fight scenes. It had quiet relationship moments. It had surprise reveals. So much of good of a lot of good stuff. And I thought we got really top-notch performances from everybody this week. Absolutely. For for the record, though, the hour solid of laughing I, I was referring to was when we interviewed her. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Okay, okay. I just <laughs> I wanted know. to be clear, because I wasn't <laughs> laughing for an hour solid through this episode, because there was there was a little angst and... and Too many feels. Seri- yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was an hour of, of extreme feels. <laughs> it, it was an hour of everything, which is the best. The only thing that really keeps me from calling this a great episode is that I did feel confused about Dutch's intentions toward Klein. They felt a little mushy to me in this episode, and that kind of left the episode a little limp isn't quite the right word, and plus it makes me think of penises, but... You uh, just had to go there, Stephanie. I knew you were going to say that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're not sorry. But back to this episode, it's not, I wouldn't call it limp, but it, it just didn't have quite as strong of a spine to it as I felt like Structure, it could maybe a have bit. for me. I, I just felt unclear about Dutch's intentions toward Klein. So what were y'all's thoughts about that, Chris? Well, here's the thing. I see what you're saying. 
you have a point, but at the same time, I feel like maybe that's part of the thing is they want it to feel a little mushy in terms of intentions, just because I feel like Dutch probably feels that way. I think exactly. Dutch has yeah. has confused, conflicted feelings uh, about Klein. I actually had a conversation with my dad about this because we were talking about the show the other day. And I think the conversation pretty much ended when I told him that I thought his his worldview was too black and white for Killjoys. Hmm. Mm. Well, and I can I can see where you're coming from because there is that scene between Johnny and Dutch and the Remelim and Ding Dong where she's talking about the fact that her having that memory or dream of Klein, a, a good memory of Klein, isn't necessarily an effect of using the neural link. It's her having cold feet. So I can I can see where you're coming from in that regard. Right, because there is this whole element of him being a father figure who did help her in her life. So it's all mixed up in there. And it, I understand that it's hard to sort of commit to a course of action, especially when that course of action that you're talking about is murder. You know, it's difficult. And we see that through the episode because she goes in, she does that weird memory thing to figure out where Klein is. And then she has the memory about him and she's telling Johnny about it, which surprised me. I was like, wow, she has some good memories. And then she goes through the whole mission, goes up to kill him, is trying to get her answers, but he's, you know, Klein isn't being very straightforward with them as much as Dutch wants him to be. And then there's the reveal at the end, and it's just, I can see why her motivations would be kind of murky or maybe even change with the information she gets or doesn't get. And I like that, that it's not black and white and that we don't have everything figured out at the end of this episode. Because the mission didn't go truly as planned. So everything got a little, you know, messy. And I like that, that it's not black and white, as you say, Chris. I do feel like this show does that really well, where there's yes. all this sort of complicated, realistic stuff going on. It's like Dutch has her mission and what she wants to do and seems very set on it. But then she has this whole history with Klein and these very complex, real emotions that make actually doing it. And then... As we say, what Klein tells her or doesn't tell her it makes it very sticky. And I like how the show presents that. There's no clear-cut right or wrong answer. Yeah, not yet. And we got an email from somebody calling themselves Captain Mediocre. Captain Mediocre says, After watching Episode 9, I really think Episodes 7 and 8 serve no purpose other than to spin the show's wheels in order to delay getting to Episode 9. You could easily, and preferably, jump from 6 to 9 and not have missed anything pertinent to the story. I don't mind the Klein reveal that he was level 6, but it didn't carry any real dramatic weight for me. Essentially because I can't help but feel that we've just been introduced to a character that's pivotal to the story in the penultimate episode of the season. If the character is that important, we should have spent more time with him in order for such a reveal to matter. And I see where Captain Mediocre is coming from, but I can't say that I agree just on a personal level, because I, I feel like 7 and 8, they're very different from the episodes that preceded them. They're more about character story arc than they are about the story arc for the season or the series. So if you are not really invested in like the character stuff, I can see where you'd think, oh, these episodes, they were such, you know, kind of a waste of time. But for me, I love the character stuff. That's one of the things that really brings me to a show. So I liked episode seven and eight pretty well. Right. I mean, Captain Mediocre is talking about the reveal of Klein being level six, not carrying enough dramatic weight. But to me, episodes seven and eight 
gave dramatic weight to the events in episode nine. Well, and I think that in regards to Klein, we had had him as this really menacing presence throughout the entire season. He was introduced in the first episode. And so what this episode does is it switches him from this person in Dutch's life who is from her past, who wants to tempt her to kill and be a person that she doesn't want to be. And it puts a different spin on him. It makes us think about him in a new way. So I, I don't I don't know that I, I think that we haven't spent enough time with Klein. For me personally, I feel like he was introduced pretty well before we got to this point. Right. I agree. Well, and I like that we've had Klein there, but I like that we don't know everything about him yet. So I like that there's more to reveal. And now that we know he's level six, it's like we want to know how he got there, what the background of that is. So, you know, I think there's a lot more for that character to come, but I don't think it's a matter of, oh, we haven't seen him enough. And I and I do love the character stuff, and I loved episodes seven and eight and thought they were essential And that, as you say, the events in this episode would not have has had as much emotional impact had seven and eight not happened. We've been with Dutch essentially in in real time experiencing these appearances of Klein, you know what I mean? Enough to understand why she's apprehensive about seeing him now. Mm -hmm. But I I like that we haven't seen him more in current time. You know what I mean? Just because Dutch doesn't know what his deal is, so we don't either. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who is not a fan of flashbacks, I thought that the flashback in this episode was used perfectly. Like, that's how a flashback should be used. It should give you a different perspective on a relationship that couldn't be revealed through having that interaction in the current time period, whatever that may be. And it was such a, I don't know, it, I, I just, I really thought it was used perfectly. It also introduced an important piece of, a, of the plot that came into play later on in the episode. So I thought that was a really well-used flashback. Yep. But thank you for your your feedback, Captain Mediocre. You know, we're not saying you're wrong. We just don't we just don't have the same perspective as you. But thank you so much for for writing in. We like getting different perspectives from people who watch the show. For sure. Shall we talk about notable elements from this episode? Okay. Davin was kind of tearing at my heartstrings in this episode. He had a bit of a puppy dog thing going on and it was working for me. <laughs> <laughs> you mean it wasn't just Honky Monk? It wasn't just Honky Monk. Though he obviously was tugging at strings as well. <laughs> oh, I know he was. I was totally <laughs> anticipating her reaction, and then I read it later on Twitter. I'm all, yep, I was right. <laughs> oh, dear. But I was... I Stephanie's was... just attracted to everybody. <laughs> yes, she is. Which is fair. Everybody's very attractive. Mm -hmm. Everybody's attracted on the show. So Davin, we see, is trying to work alone. And it made me happy that he managed to find a room with Pri. Even though Pri was charging him, I was glad that Pri took him in. Yes. It's good that poor Davin doesn't have to be alone, at least. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering how much time passed in between the last episode and this one. Because it sounds like Davin's been doing it a little bit, working on his own and taking the low-level warrants. It does seem like it's maybe been at least a week, right? Yeah, I don't feel like it's been too long since Dutch was just bringing him his stuff, mm -hmm. but it, it did sound like he'd been working by himself for, yeah, you know, a week or so, I would imagine. I thought it was like a couple weeks or yeah. Yeah, a little bit longer. Yeah, I, I did like that scene between Davin and Dutch, though. Even though it was super awkward. <laughs> it was super awkward, but it was... But it was cute awkward. 
I was going to say, it was different than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Because it was awkward, but it wasn't hostile at all. No, no. And I appreciated that. Like, there wasn't the tension there there was last episode. Yeah. And I, th- I actually thought we really got to see a different side to Davin in this episode, which I liked a lot. Now that he's kind of in the doghouse from his team, and that, that really nice scene between him and Dutch, even though it was super awkward, like, I don't know. I just, I felt like we got to see... Davin a bit more vulnerable, but in a different way than we'd seen him vulnerable before. I don't know. It's hard to articulate, but I really liked that scene, too. Mm -hmm. I think I know what you're getting at, and I agree with what I think you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that we think we agree with each other. (laughs) Still not as awkward as Dutch and Davin. (laughs) No, no. So many awkward turtles. So many awkward turtles. (laughs) So speaking of Hunky Monk... I thought it was interesting we got some scenes between him and Davin in this episode with, I don't know what angle Alvis was exactly trying to work with Davin, but he was trying to maybe get Davin involved in his resistance efforts, it seemed like. It did seem like that. Well, maybe he figures that now that Davin's on the outs with his team, and maybe he figures he needs all the help he can get, and Davin did see the weapons that Alvis was hiding, so he wanted to make sure that that was kept on the down low, and... Maybe ask him to to join the cause if Davin was good enough to keep it quiet. Maybe Alvis figured he might as well reach out in the meantime. Well, and especially since it seemed like he was having the the falling out with Hills. So Mm -hmm. maybe he Mm -hmm. needed somebody else in in some aspect of law enforcement on his side. True. Yeah, and now Hills is not being so forgiving in the company, it seems, is really cracking down on Alphys's insurrection. Yeah, things are getting ugly. It was upsetting to me when Alphys was arrested. Very I upsetting. Know. And I'm like, oh no, I could just hear Stephanie's cries from here. Not Hunky Monk! Not Hunky Monk! I mean, granted, he's used to taking some, some punishment and some pain, but do they have to beat him? And then Stephanie says, not in the face! Not <laughs> in the face! <laughs> or the, or the or nipple! The, or the biceps! <laughs> so... No, but Alvis, he's, at least when he inflicts his own pain, he knows what he's doing, and it's for his religious, you know, beliefs. But yeah, it's very upsetting to see him beaten down by the company, literally. So what do we think that Alvis helped Davin with? Because we see Davin go to Alvis saying, you know, you have your cause, I have mine, I think we can help each other. But it wasn't clear to me what they might have collaborated on. Did y'all have thoughts about that? I didn't know if it was something to help him get to... Did he give him the thing that blanked out the rack ship? Yes. Ooh, That's okay. what I thought it was. It was something okay. to help him get to the upper levels. Okay. So it was like a weapon that he that he got from Alvis. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That's what Davin got from Alvis. I'm not sure what Davin's going to have to do in return. Mm. Mm-hmm. Maybe he can help Alvis get out of jail. I think he can, yeah. I'm sure that's what's going to happen or, or be part of the storyline next week, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we heard Alice's last name, which was what? Akari? Yes. Okay, Akari. So now he has two names. Besides Hunky Monk, he has two names. <laughs> I'm going to keep calling him Hunky Monk, though. You know. I know you are. Yes, yeah. we know, Stephanie. <laughs> but yeah, there was so much information in this episode. I was m- taking notes, and within like the first three minutes, I had like three major notes that I had taken. Exactly. <laughs> I had to go back and hit rewind and watch it again because I'm like, wait, wait, slow down, Elvis. What's what's happening in the quad? What's all this stuff is suddenly like I mentioned last week, everything is building. 
And it's really a dense episode and a dense series, but I'm finding it so exciting. Because mm-hmm. we hear that there's a rumor spreading that the Nine are going to renege on their agreement to let Westerlands immigrate to Leith once they get to how many generations? Seven. 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 So there's that that apparently is causing some trouble in in Westerly. So now it's like if the Westerlands don't have to wait long enough, seven generations, now they might not even be able to have land at all? Exactly. Jeez. Talk about mm-hmm. keeping the Westerlands down. Mm-hmm. That's the point. Yep. So clearly, you know, they're building to an, some sort of resistance, some sort of insurrection amongst the Westerlands. But I'm curious if we're going to get there this season or if they're going to hold it off until next season. I think it's going to, I don't know, I'm speculating it's partially going to like kind of explode literally next week. Next but, episode, yeah. But yeah, it's it's going to be like a bit of a cliffhanger. But speaking of Dutch, we got some hints into her backstory with that lovely flashback that I mentioned earlier. What did what did he say the name of her family was? Yardine. Yardine, which she said the girl said was a shameful name. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I'm wondering why she was so just picked on and why she kept getting called names from the beginning as a very young girl. What is behind that shameful name? Well, that's the question, isn't it? Yeah. Because Klein said that her father sent him to essentially help redeem the family name or something, right? Hmm. I'm wondering if it's a powerful family now in disgrace that just fell out of favor with the Nine or something. But do the Nine even have any sway in other parts of the J Star Cluster? Yeah. I don't know. So many questions. But perhaps that's how that's a hint as to how Dutch ended up in the harem that she grew up in, is that she's from a family who had some sort of downfall of fortune, some sort of misfortune happened to them, and she was sent away. Right. I mean, that's sort of the same story that we heard with the, the girls who were vessels mm-hmm. in the episode of Vessel, was that it was a way for them to help their family. They were unnecessary or unneeded daughters that were... Mm sent to be vessels so that they could, in some way, help their families. Mm -hmm. We also got a a little bit of a reveal, more of a reveal, about when Dutch first met Johnny. And he mentioned that she was wearing a bloody wedding dress. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm remembering that back in Kiss Kiss Bye Bye, she says to Davin that she's a widow, correct? Yep. Yes. So does that mean her husband was killed at their wedding? Yep. What? <laughs> See, and this is the thing, you know, where I speculated, was she forced to kill her husband by Klein, or did he kill her husband? And then, how did Dutch get to Lucy and meet Johnny in a bloody wedding dress? Was she planning to escape Klein already, and the wedding? You know, how did she acquire Lucy, and I'm kind of wondering how that fits into things. Do, do you want to hear my current theory? Yes. yes. My my current speculated timeline? Okay. Yes. So she says that in the royal harem, she learned three skills, killing, dancing, and marrying royalty, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Those were the three things that she said she learned how to do. Those three things basically add up to being an assassin, or like a secret double agent spy assassin type person, right? Mm-hmm where it would be an ideal way to get somebody married into royalty and then 
in a position to eliminate said royalty. So you're thinking she perhaps married her husband in order to kill him, but maybe then she felt really bad and guilty and horrible because she perhaps developed feeling for him. This is me speculating. I'm not saying that And part. so she tried to run away from her life with Klein. I know this is me adding to your speculation. No, no I, I know. I'm also curious about this, though, whether or not it was one of those things where this is what they're trained for, and then once they complete their mission, maybe they are free? Hmm. hmm. Either maybe they're free or... Because, I mean, it, it's not like you can pull that twice. I'd imagine once you've been married to royalty, they would have you on the books in some way. Right. So maybe that's where she got Lucy, too, is maybe... Did she inherit Lucy? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Maybe whoever she was married to had Lucy, because Lucy's a nice ship. I also wondered if maybe Dutch had stolen Lucy from mm -hmm. somebody, because I got kind of the sense, and again, this is just me speculating and, in and inferring from what Johnny says, that maybe the reason she and Johnny have formed such a tight bond with each other is that she met Johnny at her nadir, you know, at a low point in her life. And so maybe she had just escaped this wedding where her husband was killed and she steals the ship and, you know, stumbles upon this guy who turns out to be kind of a nice guy. I don't know. This is obviously yeah. just a lot of speculation. That's what I'm thinking. So yeah. do you think she didn't kill her husband? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I was just wondering. I think if she did, she was coerced into it as part of the whole manipulation by Klein or... Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like maybe it was some mission and she didn't really want to. And mm -hmm. so this was her way out, essentially. And yeah. Oh, there was the comment to Delsea that the instrument came with the ship or something. Maybe it really did come with the ship and maybe the ship mm. was like a, a wedding present mm. or something. And yeah, hmm. interesting. As, as part of her becoming royalty. Yeah. Ship the was a getaway car. <laughs> I think at this point they could go either way with it. Either they could have her kill her own husband or have her husband killed by someone else. So I, I honestly am not sure. I have not made a decision in that regard as to what I think is more likely. Fair enough. I was just thinking with the, the three things that she learned, mm -hmm. it would make sense that that was the Absolutely. story that she was essentially being trained to be a black widow type. No, that mm -hmm. makes sense to me too. Well, and then there's the whole question of land and how important it is within the quad and what land did her husband's family own and was but it all just that a wasn't ploy in to the get quad. the land? Uh, but it could still be an element. It could be, but the signs indicate that it's not. Okay. <laughs> just saying, I was just trying to throw a theory out. Just shoot me down. <laughs> I theory sniped you. She did theory snipe you. God damn it. <laughs> Sorry. And obviously we got a ton of information about Klein in this episode including the fact that he seems to be part of the rack and he says that he trained Dutch to be a killjoy. And so all this time she feels like she's escaping Klein and not leading the life that he wanted her to lead. And yet she absolutely led the life that he had intended for her to lead. Mm -hmm. Which on Dutch's behalf, damn it. Damn it. I know. I was just like, ugh. That's got to be a mind trip though, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I felt bad for her, this idea that she was, you know, trying to escape this man who she felt had controlled her completely and, you know, live her life on her own terms. And he had still been controlling her. Ugh. Ugh. I felt bad for her. I know. So upsetting. And this whole idea that 
the reason he showed back up in her life was because she accepted this level five warrant, which she didn't even accept. No, and she accepted it so that the guy wouldn't actually die. So I liked that. I liked that they explained why, even if Klein had been controlling her without her knowledge for all these years, why he showed up again when he did was because of this kill warrant that she took on Davin. She didn't even take it. Johnny took exactly. it. Exactly. Johnny took it, and they didn't mm-hmm. take it to kill him. Ah, angst. So it was all this big misunderstanding, and yet it brought this horrible guy back into her life, or who she thinks is a horrible guy. I'm still... I mean, I don't think Klein is great, but my jury is out onto what Klein actually is up to. Yeah, me too. We did see him kill a couple people, or yeah. or kill somebody, and pretty much fatally wound another, so... Yeah. Again, I don't think he's great, but I still don't know what his deal is. Well, he's got a super soft spot for Dutch, so... By all means, we have no idea what his endgame is, but... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that was interesting when he said to Dutch, is you have to live... And I'm wondering what his investment is in Dutch beyond just training her, obviously. What is his in- endgame in relation to Dutch? So that's an open question for me. Mm-hmm. Because he could have kept, you know, I was afraid he was just going to keep her there and interrogate her. and But he lets her go. And why did he do that? So is he going against the rack, even? I don't know. How much does the rack know about him being level six? You know, just the regular organization. And what is he doing with, what's his name that he fatally wounded? Turd? Is his is his name Turd? Turin. I don't know. <laughs> Turin. Not T-U-R-I-N. Okay, I kept hearing that his name was Turd. No, I'm like, seriously? Because this guy is poopy shit, but I would think really <laughs> name him Turd. Jeez. <laughs> Bias. <laughs> well, he's Your terrible. name is poopy shit. Yeah. <laughs> he's I- terrible. <laughs> Why does he hate Dutch so much? I don't understand. I don't know. Yeah, I've never liked him. I just go. Because she's receiving preferential treatment, and so he didn't know what was up with that. Of course, I don't think Dutch knew what no. was up at all with that. So, And she seems to be a good killjoy, and if he's her boss, you'd think he'd want her to do a good job. I think he's just one of those people who's who's upset about the preferential treatment. You know, he got a chip on his shoulder. Well, okay, and fine. He, he Poopy likes- shit. Whatever. Jeez. <laughs> He likes to run a tight ship, and he's Very not mature, in control. So, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. That's what I'm known for. <laughs> and the fact that he's torturing Davin was not cool. So No. We also got a call back to a glitch in the system in this episode, because turd. He said, <laughs> <laughs> turin. he said that Dutch has been marked for Red 17, which was the project that... They kept asking Davin and Dutch about in those little torture chambers with the nanites. What does so it ha- mean? What does it mean? So I have a theory, though, since we got a callback to Red 17. Mm-hmm. And Klein reveals to Dutch that he's one of the mythical level six killjoys. Could these level six killjoys be nanite infused killjoys? Because that would explain why he could walk away from getting several stab wounds to the gut a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Back in one blood. I think that's a good theory, but I love that they brought back Red 17. As soon as I heard it, I'm like, ooh, good callback. I like it. I knew they were going to bring it back. I mean, it was too much of a dangling thread. Here, here's a question, though, and this is this is reaching, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Do we think there's any significance in the fact that Red 17 has the same digits, but reversed as level 71, which was the floor that Klein was on? I think so. Perhaps. 
Perhaps, perhaps. Otherwise, what a coincidence. I know. Did either one of you, when when Klein revealed that he was a, a level six killjoy, did either one of you go like, oh, of course he is. Why didn't I think about that? No, I think I think the problem was is that the fact that level six was mentioned wasn't really a surprise. I mean, maybe it was a little bit that Klein was, but it's because they mentioned it in the previous Leon. And I'm like, why did they do that? Now we know level six is going to be part of this plot. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I, yeah. I feel like I should have, when they mentioned the level six killjoys, and they were like, oh, that's an urban legend. And I knew that meant we would see it again. I feel mm-hmm. like I should have made the connection. Like, oh, of course, Klein is a level six killjoy. No, I didn't make that connection, but I just felt like that reveal had less impact. That's why I don't like the previous Leons. Uh. It seems like I maybe saw somebody throw that out there as a possibility already. So, mm-hmm. But I felt dumb that I didn't make the... I didn't put two and two together, and I feel like I should have... Dumb, Stephanie. Dumb. (laughs) That's okay. You can be dumb. I'm just gullible. I never make those connections. That's why I have to have you guys explain everything to me. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's not like we had enough information about Klein to necessarily make that leap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, there were hints that maybe he could be, but by all accounts, Klein was not a decent guy. Mm-hmm. But the rack seemed overall to be pretty decent, so I don't know. Yeah, I feel like before this episode, we didn't have a logical reason to connect the two, so that's fair. Right, because as far as we knew, Klein had just recently shown back up in this area, so... Right. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, it does make sense that he's a level 6 killjoy where you kind of go, oh, of course he is, but at the same time, I don't, I'm not kicking myself for not automatically assuming that to be the case. Okay. Mm. Thank you, Chris. I feel better about myself. Okay. And my intelligence. (laughs) I'm glad. Annie never feels better about herself or her lack of (laughs) intelligence. It's just not there in the first place. But I do have to wonder, what the heck is Klein doing with Turd? Thanks, Stephanie. (laughs) At the end of the episode when he drags him off. What is this? Is he going to, like, repair him with nanites or something? That was my thought. Oh, no, no, no. Probably not. (laughs) That guy's uh, dead. Yeah, Turd is no more. <laughs> why is he dragging him off and says he says something about, oh, part of the plan, or I don't know. I just get the feeling he has more of an endgame. So. Well, because I, I think the whole thing is that Turin was suspicious of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. You mean puppy shit? <laughs> no. Oh, God, no, I don't. Up, Stephanie. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm you're sorry. not. I'm sorry. So because Turin was suspicious of the stuff that was going on, I I feel like maybe Klein is going to figure out what he knows and what he maybe said to anybody else. Mm -hmm. And maybe also punish him a little bit for shooting Dutch. How much more can he punish him? He's like bleeding out. He doesn't have much time. I think the guy's dead. I think Turd is no more. Shaking my head at you. (laughs) Stephanie is very happy because she does not want poopy shit on her show. (laughs) Or her shoe. (laughs) God. I'm so annoyed with Stephanie this episode. I just have to say. (laughs) But that was a huge ass knife that Klein shoved in through into that guy's belly. I'm surprised he's even alive for Klein to drag him off. That's like a small sword, right? It's not even a knife. It is is at the minimum a machete. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a short sword. Mm -hmm. Or something. I don't know. It was terrifying, though. It was. So another really important thing that happened in this episode, a significant Dutch sent Lucy away with 
Davin and Johnny on board, and Johnny and Davin are not happy about this. I no. was not happy about it. I was like, what? Well, no, it's upsetting. But I was like, oh, she's sacrificing herself, and then I screamed, oh shit, when poopy guy shot her. <laughs> Turin? <laughs> it's not that hard to remember, you guys. Anyway, I love those moments where I'm really invested in a show because I, I yell back at my screen and that just, I was really very worried for Dutch when that happened. But the fact that she stayed behind and got Lucy out of there and said, you know, stop trying to boss around my ship. And I was like, oh, no. That was, it was a pretty badass moment for Dutch. Yeah. yeah. And it recalled a glitch in the system to me where she launches herself off the airlock to go to mm -hmm. Lucy and save them all. Yep. But she had been planning that all along, right? To give because she gave Lucy that order, Freebird, mm -hmm. which I thought was a great code. Mm -hmm. So, or at least having it as a backup plan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't know if she was ever planning to see Davin and Johnny again. Like that was well, it. Okay, and here's where I get confused. She sends them off on Lucy so that they'll be safe. What was she going to do after that? Before she got shot and stabbed. See, I'm not totally sure. I, I kind of don't think that it was necessarily her sacrificing herself in that sense. I think she did want them to get to safety for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, I think maybe she had some sort of plan of doing whatever it was she was going to do and then find a way out herself. Mm -hmm. But she wanted to make sure they were safe. Exactly. Yeah. yeah just what was she going to do? Just walk up and shoot Klein or... I don't think so, because if that was her plan, she would have done it already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at that point, even when she has the gun at Klein, she's like, she's unsure. Which, again, I love that, that the episode is, that Duchess' feelings are murky at that point, because she's not sure herself. But yeah, I don't know what her intentions were about sending Johnny and Davin away, if it was for good, or if she was winging it at that point. Again, I, I wish there was a little more clarity on Dutch's intentions in this episode. That that especially, I was like, what was she planning to do? I don't know, because she gets interrupted by poopy shit. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like, well, was she maybe going to go find some other killjoys and go either see what they knew or maybe try to take custody of Klein? Or I mean, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. yeah. There are many possible scenarios there. Yeah. I mean, I think the obvious explanation is that because they mentioned on the way in that they could have lo lost their killjoy status if they were found out to be the perpetrators of this. So that was her falling on her sword and she would take the blame if she had to. Right. I think, she, well, she did say something to them along that line. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But if she was, I don't know if she was just planning to stand there and be like, I did it. It's my fault. Or if she had other, mm -hmm. other plans for Klein or what she was going to do in the rack. I'm unclear on that. And then Johnny says to her, hey, idiot, I only wanted to kill Joy with you. And I'm like, oh. I know. Oh, my heart. I know. I love them so much. I love Me them too. all so much. Best friends forever. <laughs> so moving into stuff that made us happy, starting at the beginning of the episode, I was in insanely amused by Davin fighting that huge guy. That was a when, huge guy. He was, was a yeah. huge guy. But when he, you know, he gets to the point where he's punching the guy, like, in the abdomen. He's like, ah, 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 ah. And the guy's just taking it all in. And like, gets tired. He's like, oh, shit. And then the guy slams him on the ground. I laughed a lot. You're laughing a lot now. <laughs> I laughed even more the second time I watched it. It's, it's really funny. Luke McFarlane's really funny in that suit. He is. It was, you know, it's such an Emily Andrus scene to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Me but too. I'm like, David, be careful. Because the guy's getting his ass kicked, but he's yeah. sort of making cracks as it's happening. And mm -hmm. 
trying to find the humor in every situation. And then that guy grabbed that huge wrench. <laughs> yeah, that was like, oh, you're going for the wrench, okay? Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Davin. Poor Davin. And then following that, we've got the scene of Davin sort of trying to clear up his room for Dutch. I thought that was really <laughs> sweet. It was. It was It was pretty cute. I was like, okay, first of all, and, and again, this is what we were talking about before with you know, it's awkward, but it's not awkward in the way I thought it would be, because mm-hmm. Dutch is just kind of, like, hanging out in his room like it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of semi-taking a nap on his bed, which seems a little weird. Intimate. Weird and intimate. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm... It's like, huh, this is not what I expected. And they were very cordial to each other and sort mm-hmm. of trying to make each other feel comfortable, which, again, is not sort of what I thought would happen after the way things went last episode. But I don't think it's unrealistic. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Well, yeah. I, li- I like that it was they were cordial, but it still was they regained a little bit of their familiarity and comfort back. I mean, it was still awkward, but it was it was still like, OK, this is OK as it could be. But I just, I, I so appreciated that they were still trying to make it work on some level. Like, they were trying mm-hmm. to be okay with each other rather than just avoiding each other like they had been. It was nice, I thought. <laughs> and then there's the sex in the next room. I'm like, am I back in college? <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> flashbacks. <laughs> but yeah, I just, that was such a great scene because it was already awkward and then it just got more awkward. More awkward. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the faces on the both of them. <laughs> it's like, oh, uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought both of them were really great in that scene. Both actors did a great job. Yep. But I just, I really, I liked how sweet it was that Davin started clearing his room and tried to clean up for for Dutch. And yeah, I want the I want them to work out their stuff. Not that I'm saying I want them to get back together as a couple necessarily, but I I want the three of them to work out their stuff and become a team again because it really felt like Davin was trying in this episode you know kind of flimsy attempts bring them drinks and stuff like that but you know trying to foster a good relationship with them i think i think they're headed in the right direction i think they'll they'll get there even if they're changed they'll get there eventually yeah but i kind of liked that they were little gestures you know what i mean because they felt very Mm -hmm. sincere Mm -hmm. yeah and it was one of those I mean, because what happened was such a big deal that it is sort of like this whole thing of how do you get over that? Like, I just, I don't know that there's any better way to do it than what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I always love those Johnny and Dutch scenes, but we got them sparring this time. And I, it's like, I can't even remember all the lines. Like, there were so many good lines in this episode, but I'm cool, much cooler than you, but that's nothing new. <laughs> Um, and then I loved how when Johnny Johnny replies, he's like, okay, then I've got something I've been sitting on. And Dutch says, your ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the way they banter is just so natural and so fun. I just, I love I it. Love it. Yeah. They're very it's cute. It's clear that these actors really got along really well. And yeah. they've got great, great chemistry between them. I think that's true of all the three leads. But I think mm, just I the whole, all, all the supporting cast, I feel like it's a really close knit kind of crew. Because you, you know, you can't fake that kind of thing. So that really comes across on screen. I mentioned this before, but on that media call with them that I did at the beginning of the, like before the season started, you could tell that they got along so well. Oh, really? I mean, there was, there was like a solid 30 seconds of them saying goodbye to each other at the end of it. It was, Aww. they were pretty cute. Oh, 
They're like, bye, 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 you guys. I love you. Bye. I love you too. <laughs> That's sweet. I also really liked Johnny's line when they were talking about brainwaves being unique. And Johnny says that Clyde's veins are extra dickish, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yep. like that that whole scene that had the appropriateness of creepiness when Dutch was going into Klein's yeah. brainwaves. Uh, just the lighting and everything. And her- I gotta say, I was worried about the head contraption because yeah. usually head contraptions spell bad news. They yeah, do not work out well good. in sci-fi generally. And so I was like, oh, don't, don't, you know, don't have a stroke or anything. And then when they pulled her out of it and she's in Johnny's arms, I was like, oh. And there's a promo still of that, and it is just so beautiful. It's maybe my wallpaper right now, but anyway. I know. I, I messaged I messaged Chris with that image saying, Oh, I love this picture, and she messaged me back with her big picture of her lock screen with that picture <laughs> on it. It's true, it is it is the lock screen on my phone right now. It's I was like, like, okay, fine, you're a step ahead of me. <laughs> it's like that is definitely one of the pictures I am taking to cons if I ever get to meet that yeah. cast. Yeah. yeah. Which, speaking of, I think they announced this week that they are going, at least some of the cast is going to be at Fan Expo, right? Yes. Aaron Ashmore and Tamsin McDonough, who plays Lucy. Oh, Jauncey's going to be there. Yeah. Jauncey slash Juicy. Slash Juicy. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) I can only imagine the jokes that will go on during that panel, so I hope somebody records it. I think Michelle Lavretta is going to be there, too. Oh, cool. I I tweeted, like, a general blanket statement that we were excited that or for the people who are going to go to Fan Expo. And and I said, tell Michelle, or somebody tell Michelle Lovretta that we love her. <laughs> and Jeremy Boxen, who is one of the writers on the show, tweeted me back and said, done. Yay! Yay. We do love you, Michelle Lovretta. We do. We do. And then speaking also of, of Johnny and Dutch, and just, we mentioned before, just that lovely scene between Johnny and Dutch in the Ramalama Ding Dong. And I just, I love, it's this little perfect encapsulation of their relationship i feel like it's there's it's just there's so much affection and love and support between the two of them you know and and i love Mm -hmm. that moment where dutch is saying to johnny you know for better for worse klein made me who i am and he says bullshit you know you are you are the person Mm -hmm. who is the most you know person who wants to be themselves that i that i've ever met i was like oh you guys (laughs) and then she needs the reassurance from him like tell me tell me what you told me when we first met and he's mm-hmm. like, well, if you want to run away, we will. And then she decides not to. And he's like, you know, he's so supportive. He's like, whatever you need, I'll be there. And I'm like, oh, it just, it, yeah, it's such a lovely scene. I really need to watch it again to appreciate yeah. everything. And then their little reminiscence, my crotch remembers. But what did she say? <laughs> I'm just pointing it out your head. No, it was my crotch. My crotch remembers. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, Johnny. I love how much in the forefront friendship is on this episode that's mm-hmm. that's something that i'm very much it's very appealing to me i'm not saying other shows where they forefront other types of relationships are bad but just a personal preference i love shows that forefront friendship me too mm-hmm. it's wonderful mm-hmm. and the fact that they are like so close and that it is like it's friendship and that's i think pretty uh true to most people's experiences right yeah having a close friendship granted most people are not in space running from somebody yeah, I was just who- about to say that shooting guns <laughs> i completely relate to that no i don't <laughs> i want Not a friend with space part. guns and a ship called lucy <laughs> but i mean this is the part that grounds that part you know mm-hmm. yeah exactly absolutely 
Speaking of Lucy, there was not enough Lucy for me this week, though she did play a very important role Mm -hmm. where she took Davin and Johnny to safety. And I did like where Dutch told Johnny, you know, I told you to stop bossing around my ship. I I expected Lucy to protest more, even if she was under. I know. I thought she might be like, John, no. John wants to say. She's like, John, why why am I why do I have to listen to to Dutch's command? I want to listen to you, but I can't because she wrote this program that I can't override no matter how much I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember, does she apologize to Johnny specifically that she can't leave, or does she say to just generally, I'm sorry that Dutch has overridden commands? I don't remember. I don't know. Okay. Because I would love that if she's like, I'm sorry, John. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> I love that shot, though. There were mm. a couple of yeah. shots. There was the shot of, um, especially when they were walking into the rack where Lucy was in the docking bay mm-hmm. in the background. It's a gorgeous shot of like the three of them strutting in. <laughs> Again, mm-hmm. so pretty, the show and the special effects. So well done. Like when mm-hmm. they were getting scanned, when they walked through. Yeah, that was really cool. And I love that special effects shot of Arvin, the dead moon. I thought that was beautiful. Oh, yes. Speaking of, I loved when they were coming upon that and and uh, Dutch gave us some exposition saying, you know, Arvin was the first moon that the company tried terraforming. Didn't do great. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I love the way that Hannah John Common delivered that line. Oh, since we're talking about lines, <laughs> excellently delivered lines. Hannah John Common saying meow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cracked me up. I forget. What did she say that in response to? I'm forgetting. Johnny asks her how she feels about catwalks. Oh, that's right. Because she needs to move higher, faster. <laughs> and I have to give Dutch compliments because they're on level 35 and she climbs, what? 40 30? levels? Well, 35, 45, 55, 65. Yeah. She'd already gone 30. up a few, I think, via the stairs. But she's climbing. 36 levels to get to 71 and does it all before the whole system reboots and manages to put an up meow at, <laughs> in the middle of it. I because just love conveniently, it. the power was being restored from the bottom up. Exactly. <laughs> so conveniently. conveniently. But I, her saying meow, I just, I had this moment of like, I wonder if the writers were like sitting there and thinking, what would we like to hear come out of Tana John Common's mouth? <laughs> <laughs> Because it was like vaguely Eartha Kitt as Catwoman, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as having a moment. I wonder if that's why they did it. They just wanted to hear her say it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, considering how much we were talking about her voice last week, I, I bet, yeah. They're like, and mm. every week. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, what can we make her say? We'd love to hear her say this. Yep. I also like Johnny's, I'm trying to remember what it was exactly, but when, he, I think he says, shit, shit, shitty shit, stupid <laughs> yeah, yeah. shit. <laughs> When he when he dips whatever that was into the you know plasma computer and and pulls it out and strikes the alarm like John no why did you do that of course you had to do that incredibly dumb things for science <laughs> how am I gonna touch it <laughs> I know <laughs> I did think that was also a really cool special effect when he mm. tries the plasma computer and he's like don't blink Johnny don't blink <laughs> but. That was a little creepy, too, that whole effect. Again, the, the creepy sets this this episode. And then to see the whole computer kind of pulsing at the end, I'm wondering if it's malfunctioning because Johnny took a bit from it or if they could track them somehow or what that shot was for. But then Johnny still can't decipher any of the data, so I'm wondering how it's encrypted or whatever. 
Yeah, I'm wondering what they're going to do with that data that he's that he managed to get. Well, maybe it needs Klein's not just his voice, but like his DNA to run it or to decrypt it. Or it could just be he doesn't have a sophisticated enough computer hmm. because that was clearly a very sophisticated computer that he stole the plasma data from. Yeah. But yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous scene in terms of CGI and just lighting and everything. And then I also love the final scene. I think it was the final scene where Dutch returns to Davin's room and she's all bloodied and beat up and, you know, Johnny runs to go get Potter. I was disappointed. I thought, oh, we're going to get to see Potter. And then we didn't get to see her, but that's okay. Maybe next week. Next week, I think. Yeah. And, you know, Davin is talking to Dutch about how he's going to go after Klein and kill him. And she has this line about how, you know, how many breakups is it going to take before you realize that I don't need you to fight my battles for me? And he says to her, but I still, that doesn't keep me from wanting to to do it, you know? And, and I like that. I like that really honest moment I felt between mm-hmm. the two of them that Dutch is this really independent person who can take care of herself, but Davin still wants to because he cares about her. He wants to protect her. Yeah. And I thought that was, again, the slow building of their relationship or repairing of their relationship when he honestly states his intentions. I like that. And going back a scene when Klein puts Dutch in that escape pod or whatever and reveals that he's a level six. I just wanted to say that was beautifully lit and shot too. Mm. So I like that. This show is so pretty. I know. And good music. There was more good music this week. Yes. And I think Aaron Ashmore actually mentioned that one of the bands featured this week was has some friends of his in it or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we were just talking about, I, I appreciate that the characters on the show actually have some self-awareness mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. in order to know that, you know, I can take care of myself. I know you can, but that doesn't mean I don't want to help you. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I feel like that bit of information is often missing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping, though, that now that Dutch has said that, that Davin will keep in check that Dutch can and, and wants to take care of herself and doesn't try to jump in all the time because that is i've seen that from other characters where it's like okay i get it you you are protective of this person you want you want them to be okay but when they say to you i can take care of themselves you need to respect that and sometimes characters don't and i hope that davin does get it that he shouldn't just try to be a superman and sweep in and protect dutch even when she doesn't need it because that doesn't always work out well yeah it doesn't no on tv it almost never works out that well (laughs) That's true. That's true. <laughs> Good point. Shall we talk about the questions that we have now? Mm-hmm. Or have still? This answered a lot of questions. It laid some groundwork, but it also introduces some more questions. I was particularly intrigued by the mention of Dutch's father. Me too, because I don't think they've ever really mentioned him at all before. Not that I can remember. Yeah, who is Dutch's father? Did Dutch's father send Klein and for what? Well, Klein said that Dutch's father sent him, mm-hmm. but we don't know because he never gave her an answer. I, I think there's a lot of speculation now. Is Klein her father? See? I told you. That's what I mentioned in the beginning. And you guys are like, it's no. True. And I'm like, could be. Well, well, we said there's no indication yeah. that he was. Yeah. That's true. But I, it's interesting how he was evasive about that and didn't answer. So I mm-hmm. like how that, there's, there's that question left up. And I think that goes into Stephanie you're mentioning about Dutch's motivations in this episode and it's I like that shot where Dutch just grabs onto Klein and and says, "Well, what's going on?" 
you know, did my father send you? And he doesn't answer her. Mm -hmm. And I liked how it just threw Dutch and she thought she went in for one reason and to get these answers and she's just not. And to see her kind of be kind of thrown or desperate about it uh, was really, I thought that was a good bit of acting from Hannah John Common. I just feel so bad for Dutch now because basically her entire life is under false pretenses now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Heartbreaking. And how's she going to recover from that along with everything else? And what are her motivations? So she's still going to kill Klein, but... Yeah, I was not expecting her to threaten her own life as her leverage against Klein. I thought that was a nice twist. So clearly, Klein really values Dutch. And now I think you're at the point where is it... I don't think it's just because of how he trained her and the amount of hours he put into making her a very effective weapon, essentially. That's what he says, right? I turned you into a weapon. I think he's also obviously cares about her quite a bit, but, you know, this throws into the qu- the question into, like, does he care for her just because of the fact that he trained her for so long and developed feelings? Or is there that paternal, actual paternal relationship, biologically, I should say that, paternal relationship between the two of them? Right. Mm-hmm. So what was Dutch chosen for? What is this? Was it some program that has to do with a level six? Was it easy training her to be a level six? Is it something else? And what does that have to do with Red 17? Mm-hmm. I was going to say there was that, that line in there about how she's marked for Red 17, but what is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's marked for it, but obviously it hasn't happened yet. Hmm. And Klein mentioned keeping an eye on her and taking note when she took out her first kill warrant it seems like he's been waiting for something. So is that something Red 17? Is that something moving her up to 11-6? Are the two related? I've got lots of questions. Which I assume will be answered to some extent next week. To mm-hmm. some extent. I don't think all the questions will be answered. I think well, it's going to not. not. Yeah, well, I think everything's going to end on a bit of a cliffhanger. We're going to be like, next season already! That'll be me next P.S. week. P.S. Hashtag Renew Killjoys. Indeed. Yes. Please, Renew Killjoys. Because Annie does not want to be screaming at her scream forever. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so I have a question. We got this mention of the Leith Bazaar massacre from Hills, and that's why he arrested Alvis. But, like, what is that? Alvis didn't seem to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what is the... Yeah, and it just happened or came out of thin air? What? What is this mention all of a sudden? And more importantly, is Bellish Okay. I hadn't thought about that. I hope she is. Yeah, yeah. But it seems like something so unlike what Alvis would do with his, you know, movement. You know, he seems to, I mean, he wants to start a revolution, but he still seems to be somewhat of a pacifist. You know, he doesn't want to kill unnecessarily for it. That's the impression that I have. Yeah, I definitely didn't get the impression that Alvis was responsible, but they had to arrest somebody. Mm Mm-hmm. Or they made up the whole situation to arrest Alvis specifically because they got intelligence that he was a resistance leader or what have you. Yeah. But I feel like that obviously needs to be addressed in some way in the season finale already next week. Sob. I know. I know. So we got an email from Katie. She says, there's probably some part of me that needs to be seriously analyzed because I kind of like Klein. He's hard and calculating and not very nice, so I'm not sure what it is about him I like. I'm very interested to know whether he genuinely cares for Dutch or if it is mostly self-serving, as he indicates that he needs her. 
He has certainly spent a long time training and protecting her and waiting for her to be ready for whatever his endgame is. Maybe he's just that focused on his endgame, but it seems pretty extreme. Yeah, I don't dislike Klein. Like, I don't think he's a good person, clearly. He's been very violent toward people unnecessarily, but I think he's more complex than just a, an outright bad guy, and I like that. Mm-hmm. I do find him a very interesting character, which makes a better villain, mm-hmm. you know, if if there's something sympathetic there, something that maybe lets you appreciate their their unfortunate impulses. Right. <laughs> I guess, let's say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this last episode, it seemed to me that he there might be some genuine affection for Dutch. Again, oh, for sure. Again, we I think we were speculating maybe he might be her father. But yeah, I, I, I get the feeling that there's some genuine caring and affection for Dutch, not just that he thinks of her as a tool. I think that's fair. I mean, we, we saw how upset he got when she just got hurt. I'm pretty sure he knew it wasn't necessarily fatal. Right. Specifically talking about a few episodes ago when they were connected via um, neural link. That's it. Because she got shot non-fatally, but he seemed pretty distressed about it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Speaking of that episode in which they had the neural link, it also had the genetic weapon. I'm talking about the episode One Blood, where it vaporized that guy and all of his family. And Katie also mentioned that and said, looks like that genetic weapon will make an appearance in the final episode. When it was introduced, my first thought was that it would be perfect to wipe out one of the nine families. What else could its purpose possibly be? Delcea Kendry mentioned that the last time the nine families went to war, it was disastrous for the Quad. Seems like that could be some foreshadowing. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I think that's a good point. Obviously, there's some, you know, political tension brewing, so... There's upheaval of some sort, almost certain to be in the final episode of the season here. I don't know that I want them to tie up that genetic weapon too neatly, because I think that could be interesting going forward, but I would love for it to make an appearance in the finale. Right. It seems like it has to, right? I mean, they brought it up. Klein was worried about it. You know. It's logical. We'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Send us your feedback to killjoys at askgenretv.com. Leave a message on our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. Or you can record a voice memo with your smartphone and email it to us. We live tweet on Fridays during both the East and West Coast airings of Killjoys in the U.S. and Canada. Follow us on Twitter at Killjoys Podcast to chime in. We're also on Tumblr as Killjoys Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the quad. <laughs> but or see, the nipple. It, it, <laughs> God. But see, if Elvis... <laughs> I love it. In this podcast, Annie's exasperated with me. <laughs> You're like, paybacks. Somebody write down the date paybacks and time. I know. <laughs> Sorry, you have to edit this out, Chris. Who says I have to edit it out? Yeah, exactly. Just put it as an outtake.